Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for finding us either on iTunes or SoundCloud or maybe just through our website. Uh, We've changed the format and we were concerned some folks might not be switching over, but it's totally awesome. Uh, I'm Jim Haney, Executive Director. And I'm Alex Schreer, the Project Director at MPN. Yeah, so thanks. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. We're super excited. Got the new format, got the new logo. And we're changing how we're doing the podcast, so this is no longer just an interview. We're doing a full show right now. Yeah, 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 totally. It is a full show. (laughs) A lot longer, so those of you who have been tuning in uh, in the past, you know, we tried to stay 20 minutes-ish or so. We're going a lot longer now. We're expanding. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's really exciting. Uh, a little more like uh, stuff on our end, though, right? Like we were just talking earlier about how we fit all, everything together and how it's going to record. and. Yeah, yeah. But we're excited to be offering a little bit more, telling you what's going on with MPN during the podcast, telling you about just what's going on with us. Um, yeah, yeah. And talking about going yeah, on. yeah, recovery and... Um, yeah, just all of it. And each each one of the podcasts are centered around a particular topic that we're promoting that month. And so this month we're doing clinical supervision. So later in the podcast for the interview section, you'll hear me talking with Lynette Rohde. She's our clinical supervisor at MPN, and we're super excited to have her on the podcast. Um, she's great, has lots of great information, both for peer supporters um, about what their clinical supervision will look like, also clinical supervisors, what working with a peer supporter looks like. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we're really excited. So a lot more. I love, you know, it is. It's a a full show from Montana's Peer Network now, so it's exciting. But before we get into all that stuff, we we decided that we would start off most of the shows and we would kind of just just do some chit-chatting, right? Yeah, so day before Thanksgiving... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving. Great holiday. What's your plan? Great holiday. Uh, So, yeah, for me, Thanksgiving, kind of like there's two parts to Thanksgiving. So I always look forward to it, um, getting, you know, days off in a row from work. So that's like one part. I love turkey. I made a commitment a couple years ago to eat more turkey throughout the year because it occurred to me one Thanksgiving, I was like, I only eat turkey like once a year, <laughs> like, and it's so good. <laughs> and why do I do that? And so, um, yeah, I eat turkey at least once a month you now. You cook the whole turkey. Uh, uh, I just buy the turkey breasts. So okay, okay. I don't, I don't cook a whole turkey. Although I do usually one other time through the year. I was just looking in my freezer and I actually have a whole turkey in there. So I think maybe like after Thanksgiving sale, I must have got it or something last year. I haven't cooked it, but I buy turkey breasts, and at least once a month, I cook the two big turkey breasts, and then I make sandwiches, and yeah, I eat turkey regularly now throughout the year, but I, I love Thanksgiving and all the, the things that go with it, all the good stuff, pumpkin pie and 
You're like a Butterball commercial. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it just really, like, I, I can remember, you know, every year you have Thanksgiving dinner, and you're like, oh, this stuff is so good. And it's like, why do I not eat this throughout the year? Like, it's so good. Like, all the food, um, making, uh, you know, homemade uh, cranberry sauce. I was never a fan of cranberry sauce ever in my life growing up. And one year I decided I was going to make real cranberry sauce, like buy real cranberries and cook them. And and it's delicious. Like, it's really good if you eat the real stuff, not the, the jello stuff, you know, that comes in the can that you... I, I can't even... I'm allergic to cranberries. Uh, I can't relate on this run. I don't know what jello or the real stuff tastes like. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably missing out. Um, yeah, you're not missing out on the jello stuff. You're not missing out on that. Um, yeah, so, and I just, and just baking, just general baking. I love baking pumpkin pies. In fact, um, Kathy and I went last weekend to see her family and we did our Thanksgiving with her family in Idaho, uh, last weekend. And so we did the full thing, you know, stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy, biscuits, ham, turkey, pumpkin pie, the whole, the whole thing. So I get another one. So that's the first part of my Thanksgiving. Then the second part of my Thanksgiving is Black Friday. So I never thought I would be a Black Friday person, a shopping person growing up in Chicago because it's just packed. Like, why would you put yourself through hours of waiting in line? But I found out in Montana, it's not really like that. And you can go to stores the first few hours. There's like hardly anyone around. And so I take advantage of a lot of Black Friday deals. So that's kind of my the days off, the turkey, the pies, and then Black Friday first thing, like 6 a.m., I'm 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 at the stores, and I get all my Christmas shopping done. There you go. Yeah. How about you, Alex? Well, I I feel kind of bad celebrating Thanksgiving, which I do. I do celebrate Thanksgiving. I feel bad. It's Thanksgiving. I'm British. My family's all British. I was born in England, but you know I like Thanksgiving. I think it's a great holiday. Yeah. I'm wearing a Thanksgiving shirt actually underneath. Oh, here? you are? Yeah. 2009. Is yeah, that the running? Yeah, uh, it's an old one. Yeah. So part of my Thanksgiving is running the race in the morning. Oh yeah, what what's it called? Um, the, yeah. the turkey trot, turkey maybe. Trot. Yeah, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. I should know. I've run it quite a few times, but yeah. I have no idea what the name is. It's a good time. If you beat the turkey, you get a special special oh, prize at the end. There's actually a turkey that runs. There is a turkey. Yes, it's not a real turkey, but it's a oh. person in a costume. Oh, person in a costume. Okay, and they're running, but with the costume on. Yes. And if you beat them, you get a turkey? I think you get a special prize. I don't oh. think I've ever beaten the turkey, so I'm not sure what So it's like offered. a runner is the turkey. Right, right. Yeah. And I'm a little slow. But I enjoy getting out there. Very fun. Um cool. I like the food, too. I'm more of a ham person. Oh, yeah. Um, turkey's not really my favorite, but okay. I'm, I'm enjoying the ham, do you, do you, staying away from cranberry sauce. Yeah, you better stay away from the cranberry sauce. And are you a dessert bacon. person? Do you like the pies? You know, I do like the pies. I try and stay away from the pies. My favorite pie is pecan pie, and that's probably mm. the worst for you. It, it's pretty sugary. It's got a lot that's of sugar in it. pretty sugary, yeah, 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 yeah. I like pumpkin pie. and. Uh, what about sweet I, potato pie? Uh, no, I'm not a sweet potato person at all. Like, I know some people love sweet potatoes. you like them? I like sweet potato pie. I do like sweet potato pie. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not. Um... But that's cool, and I, I want to say to our listeners, uh, happy Thanksgiving. I know, like here in Livingston, there's a community uh, dinner, so people who are listening in this area, I'm sure many communities probably do this. They put on a free dinner. It's down at the Civic Center, like here in Park County. I'm sure other other communities have 
something similar. I want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody um, and a chance to just, you know, get together. And if you don't have family, then you get together with friends or your community. I mean, whatever that uh, looks like for you. So. And also, if you're not going to those civic centers um, and things like that for mm -hmm. your Thanksgiving dinner, you can also volunteer there. Um, yeah. I know they accept volunteers and love having to help with setup, cleanup, you know, right. serving meals. Right. So. It takes a lot to serve all those meals. Absolutely. So make that a Thanksgiving, you know, tradition. Yeah. Help some other people out <clears throat> while you're at it. Exactly. That's really good. Yeah. All right. So what? Uh, let's talk about what's happening at MPN. Because um, those of you who know us know there's lots of stuff always happening at MPN. <laughs> there is like no break in our calendar uh, for the holidays, really. Right. I want to start with um, something I think is interesting and funny at the same time is we kind of accidentally started a Twitter account. Uh, we've been we've yeah. been rolling with it. Yeah. We've been yeah. you know going and figuring it out as we go. I really enjoyed teaching Jim what a hashtag is. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm not. Those of you who know me. Like even Facebook, I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't really get it. Doesn't really connect for me. So Twitter, I connect to that even less. But I understand the importance of it, and I get it. I get that there's like millions of people on there, and uh, and it's something that we need to do, and I need to learn how to do. And I, I'm pretty good with tech stuff. Like if you show me, but if you've never been on Twitter, you have no clue. Like you just have no idea. I mean, it was just like when we first got Facebook. I mean, I had to have somebody show me, so I had to have Alex kind of, I think you, you actually, I asked you to actually write out for me. Like, I sent Jim an email <laughs> with directions on like, how this works. Do this and do that, yeah. But yeah. he's done it. He sent out some yeah. tweets. Yeah, yeah, I got a couple. A couple, I don't think they're very good, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of We're learning. off to a start. Yeah. You haven't hashtagged yet. You're no, not... no, I haven't, haven't got comfortable with that part of it yet, but... We have like, I don't know how many followers, we have like 12 followers or something. You know what? That's that's a big increase from what we had when started we started with have zero. <laughs> we started with zero a week ago. So, hey, that's where we're at. And it's just like Facebook. Like, I looked at Facebook and we're like, we have like 401 uh, likes, right? They're likes. And I mean, I remember when we started it. I mean, obviously we had zero and then, you know, we had 10 and, you know, and 20 and it just kind of builds up. So, um, if you are on Twitter, Please go check out our, what do you call it, Twitter account? Yeah, there we go. Twitter account? We're at MT Peer Network. Okay. So check us out. Look for that stuff. And uh, and then that's a good segue right into Five Good Minutes. So, you know, we do the Five Good Minutes videos on uh, Facebook. Uh, and that's just kind of like events, like what's happening, all condensed into five minutes. And so I talked about Twitter on there, too. Um, in, in, in upcoming events, but if you haven't checked out Five Good Minutes on Facebook, um, definitely go check it out. We get a lot of views on there. Yeah, like Jim's he, Jim's become famous. People, are, people, people recognize Jim <laughs> from Five Good Minutes. I, I have had people say that to me. They say, you're the guy on the video on Facebook. <laughs> they don't know my name, but they know my face, so <laughs> that's, that's totally cool. Um, and uh, the other thing that we're doing is... Um, Every month we're doing this webinar series. So some of you have been tuning in. If you haven't been tuning in, you want to be a part of it. And the webinars tie in the same thing what we're doing here, the podcast, the topic. Um, so clinical supervision, last week we did a webinar. They're Wednesday, noon to one. And we use Prezi Forum. So if you're not familiar with Prezi, it's a way to do this presentation. And it's really cool because uh, it's available online 
at uh, uh, Prezi and you can just do a search and it will come right up or you can, our link, we make the links available and they're there all the time. So you don't have to like emails and say, oh, can you send me the PowerPoint presentation or we don't have to archive it. It's just there. And so you can go to them. So we've been doing them, what, July, August, September, October, now November. So every month we're just putting these webinars out. Yeah, and you can find those on our website, too, if you um, click on what we offer and then webinars, we have links to all the Prezi's, so find that there. Yeah. Um, or on Prezi, I think you can just search for Montana's Peer Network and that'll pop right up. Yeah, and again, that, that's another um, that's another Alex thing. Alex brought Prezi to MPN, so we got to put that on the record because that was not my thing. Alex brought that and said, hey, have you ever seen this Prezi thing? And I'm like, no. And she showed me, and I think once you watch one, once you like watch a presentation, you're like, wow, this is really cool. Like it's so it's so much better. I mean, the graphics they move and they're interactive, and it just looks different. And then being available is cool. Yeah, I'm one of those people. When someone pulls out the PowerPoint, I just ugh, I don't like PowerPoint. So. Like, do you think of it as like old school? Is that how you think of it? I just think of it as those people who put on all the text on their PowerPoints, oh, and sure. it's like reading a book. Yeah. And even if someone didn't do that with their with their PowerPoint, that's what I assume is going to happen. Right. Right. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I like using it. I mean, I've now been using it for quite a few months, and I really like them. So, yeah, that's cool. So what else do we have going on, Alex? We have trainings coming up. So we have a Peer Support 101 training in Billings um, that's starting November 30th. That's four and a half days. Really excited for that. Um, and we're also doing a clinical supervisor training in Billings on December 12th. Um, if you're interested in that clinical supervisor training to you clinical supervisors listening, feel free to email me and I'll get you registered. Um, it's going to be at the Radisson and Billing, so we're really excited for that. Um, and then we're looking to start thinking about where we're going to do trainings next mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. we're thinking January we're going to come to Helena and then we want to hear from all of you, where do you want us to come? Where right. do you need trainings at? Um, we want to work with you guys to set those dates in the coming year mm -hmm. um yeah exactly exactly yeah we've had a lot of interest in helena it's been a couple years since we've been there and so um yeah it's looking like helena in january but we'll be putting out a schedule just like we did this last fall and we'll put out a schedule kind of looking out into 2018 so so send us your thoughts exactly exactly and um you know this time of year we're getting into the holiday season i mentioned black friday earlier and um, there's a good time of year to start thinking about, you know, what gifts you're buying for people or, or maybe even buying for yourself, right? I know for myself, sometimes on Black Friday, uh, I see things that I have wanted throughout the year and they're like really good deals. And I, I buy myself some things on Black Friday. Socks, you're a sock person. I'm a total sock person. Sportsman's Warehouse, man. If you don't know about Sportsman's Warehouse, they always have this deal on Black Friday and they're having it again this year. It's like before 10 a.m., you buy a pair of smart wool socks, and if anybody wears smart wool socks, you know they're like 17, 18 bucks. Get a second pair for one dollar. And I'm telling you, I go in there and I buy like six pair, and then I have like six more pair. And it's cool because I get to try out. They have there those socks come in different weights. You know, there's like heavy, medium, and light. And then I think there's even hiker. Um, and so you can try it in like different colors and, you know, uh, crew and then the, the short one and, you know, just all this different stuff. I'm a huge sock person at Black Friday. I really hope that both Smartwool 
outdoor what what's that outdoor store called? <laughs> Sportsman's, Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse yes. and Butterball yeah. all yeah. start sponsoring. Yeah, exactly. The they should. So if you want to sponsor this show, email us and let us know because we're always looking for sponsors. And yeah, I mean there's just you know, some stuff is really cool out there and yeah, we're happy to pitch it. So along those lines, get you thinking about gift giving. Um Healthy Minds, Healthy Bodies Workbook. Okay, this is a great gift for somebody who's in recovery. You're listening to this podcast, you're like, what do I get for, you know, Sally? She's in recovery. I don't know. Go to the MPN store on our website, Healthy Minds, Healthy Bodies Workbook. It's 140 pages. And for people in recovery, it covers the eight dimensions of wellness. There's recovery stories in it. It's very interactive. There's all kinds of stuff. You know, it's not just a book where you're just reading it, right? Yeah, you're setting goals. You're looking yeah. at, you know, reflection activities. Exactly. There's lots and, going on. And there. there's fun stuff in there too, right? There's like crossword puzzles and uh, word searches. It's all about recovery. Mm-hmm. So you're learning about recovery. They're 20 bucks. Go on our website, uh, mtpeernetwork.org. Click on the store. Healthy Minds, Healthy Bodies workbook uh, makes a great gift for the holidays. Yeah. Yeah, go out and get that. We also have some yeah. other cool stuff on our store, too. Fidget spinners for all you people Ooh, who have kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a great gift for the holiday season. So take a look at our website or at our store um, and and see what you can find for your family exactly. members. Exactly. Yeah, so... Um, one of the things that we've really been promoting in 2017 is the use of technology. Yes. We've been really, like, really pushing that. And you just, you've heard us start talking about it here. I mean, just these podcasts, you know, iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter, Facebook, all this stuff. But one of the things that we're really getting into is uh, researching recovery apps. Yeah. So what can you use on your phone yep. to support your own recovery? Exactly. And the cool thing is, most of these apps are being made by people in recovery, so it's not like some company that wants to like make a bunch of money off you and they put out some stupid app that you're going to pay for and never use. Cool thing is, you know, we're looking at these and uh, a lot of them are free. You know, they're really they're interactive, they're fun, and so uh, every podcast we want to talk about one of them. And so the one that I wanted to talk about, Alex, let me pick this one. So this one is Habitica. Uh, that's H-A-B-I-T-I-C-A, Habitica app. If you just do a Google search, it'll come right up. And this one was recommended to us, actually, in a Peer Support 101 training it by was. one of the people in our classes. So, yes. yeah, we're excited about yeah. this app. It's really yeah. cool. Um, yep. And, you know, a young person in recovery showed us. Exactly. It's so great. Exactly. And I downloaded it, and I downloaded it and started interacting with it. And it is really it's really cool. Um, so it's it, and I'm going to read you. This is this is their pitch for it. So I'm going to read you part of this. Uh, to gamify your life, treat your life like a game. To stay motivated and organized. Those of you, um, I'll add my thoughts in a minute. Habitica makes it simple uh, to have fun while accomplishing goals. Input your habits, your daily goals, your to-do list, and then create a custom avatar. Check off tasks to level up your avatar and unlock features such as armor, pets, skills, and even quests. Fight monsters with your friends to keep each other accountable. Use your gold on in-game rewards like equipment, custom uh, custom awards, like watching an episode of your favorite TV show, flexible social fun. Habitica is a perfect way to motivate yourself to accomplish anything. Uh, so, 
Habitica, I downloaded this and you create a little avatar. We had fun with it in the office. I was like, what color hair do you want to have? Remember? Why did you, did you put a beaver hat on it? It just looked like a beaver <laughs> it, hat. We picked a ponytail and it kind of looks like, it kind of looks like the character. And I, I think it's a she. It's hard to tell because it reminds me of like Atari uh, when I was a kid. So way before PlayStation 4s and Xboxes. You know, the players were sort of blocky kind of looking, you know, so it has that kind of look to it. And so it's hard to tell if it's brown hair with a ponytail or if it's a, a like a um, Davy Crockett beaver hat, you know, because it has the tail thing kind of. But it's supposed to be a ponytail, but it's it's fun. It really is because you set your goals, you can program in these goals. And when you do them, you earn these points so you can buy better stuff like, you know, it says like armor and things. So you can like dress up your avatar a little bit better. And then we can we can fight monsters together. Right, exactly. So if we become friends on this, we can, we can do, do all battle. our habits yes. and then battle yes. some monsters. Exactly. And keep each other like in check because we all know like you set goals and most people don't follow through with their goals, right? Like New Year's is coming. People have all these you know, New Year's Eve uh, resolutions, New Year's resolutions, and like what, like 90% of people don't ever follow through because you don't really, there's nothing motivating. You're not keeping track of it. It's not a smart goal. It's not, right? So that's a cool thing with this. So if you're like, you're in recovery and, you know, you're having trouble getting organized, try this Habitica app. Um, I recommend it. It was really fun. I mean, just talking about it, I'm laughing because I'm picturing it and I'm like, this is really kind of cool because it is. It's like a game. It's made a game out of like goal setting and a, and a task accomplishment. So totally cool. Um, and if you have a recovery tool or an app that you would like us to check out and talk about here, just send us an email and let us know or go on Facebook or tweet us and let us know. Yeah, yeah, do that. Tweet us, let us know yeah. about your apps. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, and on our website, we have a page dedicated to different apps and technology, so. Yeah, so we're going to kind of move on now to, yeah. we told you about this interview we're doing with Lynette in a little bit, so I just kind of want to introduce that topic that we're talking about. So yeah. we're going to be talking about clinical supervision um, of peer supporters, and one of the big questions we get asked by people is, you know, is this going to be a lot different for me than supervising anyone else? So if they're right. supervising someone, you know, another LAC. licensed profession, yeah. Yeah. Um, how's that going to look different? And also just their worries that, you know, oh, these people are in recovery, they're fragile. I just want to put out there that I'm in recovery and I have not disclosed that at any other job, so I wasn't ever treated differently in the workplace mm. for being in recovery. Think about that with your employees, right, with your peer supporters. You're treating them different because of something they told you, not because of the actions they've done differently. It's just mm -hmm. based on them coming out and saying, I'm in recovery. There's no difference. Treat them like everyone else at your agency. Agreed. Agreed. Totally agreed. Yeah, I, you know... We do get asked this a lot, and I personally, I've had this experience, um, you know, working <clears throat> working at an agency and being a peer supporter, you know, you're open about your recovery, and and I, I was treated differently. I was looked at differently. I wasn't valued the same as other staff members who were licensed or whatever, um, and yeah, and it's sort of like, oh, can they handle this, or... You know, it's always there's always like 
it's it's just different. And you for me, I always saw it the most like in staff meetings where you have everybody kind of together, and there's just sort of a different, um, yeah, just different interactions because I'm a person in recovery, and and that really it shouldn't be that way. And so I think in our trainings, you know, what we're really promoting both with peer supporters and clinical supervisors is that it should be the same. There shouldn't be a different approach. Um, it's the same. You're talking about the workplace and, and a certified peer supporter, you should be holding them to the same standards you're holding other staff members to or a career supervising, right? I mean, right. And you're a team. You're all working together towards yeah. something. You know, it's it's not, it shouldn't feel like one person is getting treated differently than another person mm -hmm. um, based on, you know, their own recovery. Right, right. And, and valuing it. I think that's the thing is really valuing the fact that the person is open about it and that they're willing to talk about it and share. That should be looked at as an asset, not a deficit, not, you know, you mentioned fragile, you know, it, it shouldn't be looked at like that. It should be looked at like this is an asset, like this person has a diagnosis and look at what they overcame and they're here working on our team. This is awesome. Like, how do we best utilize this person instead of like, oh, how do we protect ourselves against this person? It's like that really it's a cultural shift that has to happen, I think, internally in an agency. You have to you have to understand that this is where things are going. This is the 21st century behavioral health care, the integration of paraprofessionals or more lay people. That is the future. And that is what's happening um, across the nation. And so. I think here in Montana, it's newer, and so people aren't as used to it, and some agencies are great, and they do the cultural shift on their own, and some some need, you know, some training, and, and we can do that. We can come in, and but I think as part of our effort, we want to bring this information to you, podcasts, interviews, all that kind of thing, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, that's a perfect segue into the interview section. So um, the interview is that we're doing is with Lynette Rohde. She is the clinical supervisor for Montana's Peer Network. We contract with her, and we're really excited to have her here on the show today. supervisor for 16 years and has been supervising our peer supporters for four years. So we're super happy to have you Thank you. And to talk about clinical supervision. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. How was your week? It's great. It's cold. It's icy. It's going well. Yeah. Montana's super fun in the winter <laughs> with the icy roads. So, <laughs> But you've been supervising our peer supporters like I said, four years. So those years where you weren't supervising peers, have you noticed differences between how you supervise peer supporters? We have a lot of discussion and debate, really, about that question. What are the differences um, between supervising peer supporters and other types of professions? And my experience really has been that there's not much difference at all. Um, you know, the job of a clinical supervisor is to really understand the job that they're supervising. 
So in this case, understanding the job that the peer supporter is, is fulfilling. And then really what we're supposed to be doing is identifying, you know, people's level of experience and level of education and skills and training and strengths and also the areas that need attention and nurturing. And then we go from there. So really clinical supervision is about professional development and meeting the supervisee wherever they are, no matter what the profession is that they're, that they're a part of. Um, and going forward that way. Why do you think, you know, people might see that there is a difference between peer supporters versus other people, you know, licensed professions they've supervised? Because we, we hear that a lot. People are like, well, how is this going to be different for yeah. us? You know, my sense is just kind of watching this process evolve over the last handful of years is that because, especially in Montana, the, the requirements and the standards are new, um, I think that's where it gets tricky that um, people have been have employed peer supporters before the sort of formalized standardized procedure has happened. And so it's been a little bit unclear as to what the role is and what the requirements and um, really what the person should be doing and how the supervisor should be supervising that. So I think now that those standards are in place and the certification process is clear, that's going to help to kind of clear up some of that, that gray area. Great. So what are your, what would you say is your biggest tip to clinical supervisors who are just starting to supervise peer supporters? Um, you know, I, can I give two tips? Yes. <laughs> My biggest two tips. So I would say the first tip would be I really encourage people to um, get to know the peer support movement. Um, you know, when I started doing this work, Jim Haney was so great about just feeding me resources about here's the history of the movement, here's what peer supporters do, here are the different ways that we fill different roles. And that was really necessary for me starting out to understand what it was that they were even doing as peer supporters and how their job is different from other clinical components. Um, and, and that, I think, to me, is going to be the biggest help for people who are going to be supervising peer supporters just to understand what their job description is and um, how this sort of this movement came to be and how, um, you know, the certification process and the professionalism of the position. So that would be my first big tip is just really to learn about um, the people that you're supervising and, and what their roles And I just want on that because I think, you know, we've talked a little bit with some providers about how we have this employer-provider training. Yeah. So the clinical supervision is clinical supervision. It's going to be the same for, you know, whatever license you're supervising. If you have questions about peer support, we're here. We offer this training. Yes you know, to get to know what peer support is better. Um, and then we are lucky enough to be consulting with you that you offer a training specifically for those clinical supervision CEUs. Yeah. Um, so kind of matching those together and going to both, getting to know what is clinical supervision with you and how to better yourself as a clinical supervisor, mm -hmm. and then coming to us, and we can help you learn more about what is peer support. So. Absolutely, absolutely, which is the perfect segue to my second tip, which is for clinical supervisors to get training in clinical supervision, because um, the way our standards are right now, 
in, in the behavioral health field in Montana, we don't have a lot of training requirements to be a clinical supervisor. In fact, there are no training requirements if you've had at least three years of post-licensure experience. Um, and so I, I feel like we kind of do ourselves in this field a disservice by not requiring training because there is there are some huge differences between clinical work and the work of a clinical supervisor. Um, and so I think challenging yourself to learn about how to do that effectively is a really important piece. Um, and there are lots of resources out there that, that provide um, different kinds of approaches to clinical supervision and the legal aspects. And um, I think it's just important. A lot of times what happens is people are given the title of clinical supervisor, but they're not given a lot of education or training around what that actually means. Yeah, and also to that point, I mean, we have people come to us and they're like, oh, your clinical supervisor training, you know, I have more than three years experience. Do you recommend I go? Of course. Like, as you've said, that's really important, just that continuing education piece that you never know everything, yeah, right? You yeah. always have something new to learn. Yeah. Um, so, great. That's that's a great um piece. Two tips of advice, actually. <laughs> great two tips. Um what do you like most about supervising peer supporters? Um, gosh, I love a lot of things about working with peer supporters. I would say the thing that rises to the top of the list for me is um, the, the level of passion that peer supporters engage in their profession with. Um, it's, it's a really neat process to watch somebody who has been through a really rough road and who has found their way to a place where they feel, you know, they're living the life that they want to be living and that they want to offer that support and hope and um, excitement to other people who are in, in, you know, kind of dark places. That is really inspiring. So there's this level of humanity that's brought that feels fresh to me because these are folks who have lived this and they're excited to share, um, any light or, or support and, and, and just just kind of a living proof that, that there's a way through. Um, that That is really inspiring to me. That lived experience is so crucial, and we yeah. tell peer supporters that all the time. This is your most important asset Absolutely. that you have. If you have this lived experience, you've been there, um, and that can really make a difference in someone's life. Absolutely. So what about where a situation where you felt you as a clinical supervisor have really helped a peer supporter? How do you think clinical supervision is, you know, an important piece of their job? Yeah, so, you know, as I mentioned, really the job of a clinical supervisor is professional development for the supervisee. And so in looking over um, these last couple of years, I think one of the ways that I've felt really good about offering support and help um, is when people get to a stuck place when they're working with a peer. Um, and they either feel, you know, when you get to a stuck place clinically when you're working with somebody, it can feel really frustrating and to lose compassion and you can start to just feel frustrated with the process. So I think one of the ways as a clinical supervisor that we can offer help there is um, Encouraging, encouraging people to be able to identify what it is that that's feeling stuck. And for me, and my particular approach to that, one of the clearest ways to do that is to be able to highlight what 
the peer supporter's goal is for the person they're working with and what the peer's goal is for what they're trying to achieve and seeing if they're matching up. And one of the ways that we get stuck clinically is when our goals don't match the person's goal that we're serving. And so being able to kind of highlight that and take a step back and say, oh, you know, my goal is different than what the person is coming to this relationship with. They're coming to peer support for XYZ, and I'm trying to provide peer support for ABC. And so just learning about um, how to kind of examine, okay, where am I in my work with this person and what's getting in the way, and um, that the goal is to meet the person where they are and to work on the goals that they want to be working on. Wonderful. Okay, what do you think is, I'm going to have this be my last question, what do you think is the biggest misnomer out there about supervising peer supporters? Um, for me, I think the biggest uh, misnomer is that peer supporters need to be treated um, fragilely because they are in recovery. And for me, that's a misnomer because that doesn't really... Um, honor the work that they've done and the professionalism that they've attained. So, you know, now as it stands with the requirements that we have for people to become peer supporters, they have to go through a lot of training. They have to have a really clear sense of their solid recovery. And um, that makes them, that gives them an extra strength in my opinion. And I feel like having worked with some, some other folks and some other agencies and really feeling like, wow, I think we need to challenge the idea that these professionals are fragile because they identify as being in recovery. Um, that, that that's a strength and that what we need to be doing is treating peer supporters like we treat every single other employee in an organization or an agency. And that the fact of being in recovery or not being in recovery shouldn't have any bearing on how we see this person's abilities, that um, we're meeting each person, no matter what their job description is, in, in terms of understanding you know, what it is that they're doing and, and if they're able to perform their job duties. And then if they're not supporting them and getting the outside help that they need to do that, um, but that, that doesn't paint a picture of somebody coming in as, as needing to be treated um, any differently or, or um, that they have higher vulnerabilities than, than anybody else they might be working with. And not only are they not fragile, but they, they're resilient. Yes. They've gotten through this. They're in recovery. Yes. They've proven they're, you know, able to fight that fight. Yes. So, great point. All right, Lynette. Well, it's been awesome being able to talk to you, having you in the office. I was telling you earlier before we started recording, it's my first in-person yeah. podcast. And I think <laughs> this is really cool. That's very cool. <laughs> Thanks so much. So, thank you. And I'm just going to say as well, do a little plug Lynette does the clinical supervisor training. You also do a mindfulness training, right? Mm -hmm. And kind of going over self-care and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, reach out to Lynette for either of those trainings. Reach out to us for the clinical supervisor one. We can get you signed up. We have one coming up in Billings on December 12th. So, let's see you there. Thank you. Thanks so much. Hey, what a great interview, Alex. That was that was just perfect. Wow. Uh, man, yeah. Lynette's such an amazing person, isn't she?
She is. She's great. And I think we're really lucky to have her yeah. as our clinical supervisor here. Yeah, yeah, we are. Lynette, uh, yeah, she's been my clinical supervisor the last few years. She's been with us quite a while. And I know staff always really likes her. And she's just, she's so supportive, so good at what she does. So really lucky to have her. Lynette, thank you so much uh, for being a part of the show. Yeah. All right, so what we're looking to do for next month's podcast is we're going to put a poll on Facebook. I don't know if we can do that on Twitter. We'll figure that out. Maybe we'll put a poll on Twitter, too. You're asking me that? Yeah. You're asking the wrong person, really. Twitter, yeah. Anyway, keep keep updated on that. Um, we're going to put a poll out um, for next month's um, podcast, asking you a question that we can then talk about in um, the podcast for data collection in December. So we're going to ask you, what do you think is the most important data point to collect in a recovery program? So if you're a peer supporter, what do you think is the most imp- important information that you can, you know, tell other people about what you're doing to show that it works. Right. Um, so look for that on Facebook and maybe Twitter. Yeah, because that's the topic for December. So in December, we're going to be talking about data collection in recovery programs. So we're going to do a webinar on it and the podcast. And so that's why we want the poll so we can share it in the next podcast. Yeah. Right? Is it data or data? Is it both? I think it's like potato or potato. Having a potato podcast next month. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're just about out of time here. I see we're running short. Okay, so uh, obviously you found us either through our website, iTunes, or SoundCloud. That's where we're going to be from now on, folks. Okay, so just keep checking in every month. And bring your friends. Yes, yes, that was exactly, that's where I was going with that, is that you need to let people know so we keep getting listeners because we want Butterball to sponsor us or one of these other places that I keep mentioning. We're waiting for the smart wool. That's right, (laughs) exactly, exactly, right? So the only way that's going to happen is if you tell people about the show and you get them listening, okay? And if you have ideas for the show and other things you'd like to hear us talk about or if you have a recovery app or a recovery tool you want to share with us, Get in touch with us during the month, right? And we'll work it in. Yeah, tweet Jim. Jim no. hasn't replied to a tweet yes. yet. No, I haven't yet. I haven't quite figured that out. I see lots of other stuff on there, but yeah. So still learning, learning to tweet. Okay. Jim was actually talking about dog videos on there. He's like, is this something that people post oh, on Twitter? Yeah. Is Twitter about dog videos? Every but time I looked anyway. at that, it was like <laughs> there was like this dog video coming up. It was cute, but after like 20 times of looking at it, I was like, wow, are people really putting this on here? Like... So before next month's podcast, I'll teach uh, Jim how to refresh the the Twitter page. Ah, that would be good. I don't think I know how to do that. (laughs) Okay. Well, I guess we're tuning out now. So end of of another another good show. I hope you like the new format, and it's always always fun, Alex. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, great. We look forward to having all you guys tune in next month. So thanks for joining us. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works, recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. (laughs) Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.